Test one, two, test one, two. Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Take one. Welcome to The Vocal Minority Podcast. It's Nick and Steve, Ola Brewski, and welcome back for another exciting program. Welcome to the show. Yes. Uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, jeez. You can see our webpage, thevocalminority.net. You can uh, see all our socials there. Count them up for yourself. One may be disappearing. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, TikTok, and what? Twitter? X, Twitter. Twitter X. X, Twitter. Just call it Twitter. People will still find it. Find us while we're uh, still able to stomach the platform. (laughs) So get us on there. And by the way, gentlemen, happy showversary. We've been doing these podcasts for one year now. One year is today? Congratulations. Kudos for us sticking at it for a year and many more to come. Yeah, and thanks to uh, the listener who has been there since the beginning. Paris, France came on the map this week, by the way. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. So find all the socials. I will predict right now the uh, this podcast will outlast Twitter X as a platform. So, <laughs> let's see yeah. which one of us implodes first. Yes. I'm betting them. So. Probably so. Well, you're already here. Might as well stick around for a while as we've got compelling things to talk about. Welcome to the show, Steve. (laughs) All right. Uh, If you missed the last podcast, we were talking about the Barbie movie, and there's a big part of that whole movie that's about, you know, toxic masculinity. And is there any other kind of masculinity? I would argue there is. You know, there's good masculinity in this world, right? But sure, dude. Yeah. There was yeah. a period of time where, uh, you know, it was more important than it is now. You know, we live in a new world. There was a time that we had to jump on all our food to beat it off, <laughs> you know, and kill it. <laughs> is uh, that how it I didn't know that was enough. <laughs> I mean, that's the, I've had the best luck with that. So. All right, come here, Bambi. I got some KY. <laughs> let's, let's get dinner going. <laughs> so, yes, no, there's obviously good elements of what is considered to be masculinity and obviously good parts of femininity, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about both. We've got uh, another one of our uh, rundown lists here. Uh, one is 15 female characteristics that uh, men find hard to stomach, and one is ridiculous expectations of men in modern-day society, uh, some of which even men apparently find offensive. All right. So let us dissect away like a frog in science class. I always wonder about these lists, dude. Uh, now that we have a more inclusive world, you know, like uh, do these count for gay relationships as well, you know? Like all men, you mean, basically? Yeah, like, is this just man-woman stuff? Like, woman, women hate this with men, men hate this with women, or can we relate to, like, oh, a woman could hate this about a woman, her wife, you know? Or gay men hating about each other. Uh, right. I don't know. These are all valid questions. All Let's right. see what's on the list, and as always, uh, give our three cents about whether it's uh, valid or not. Three cents. That was cute. Thank you. <laughs> We're each only worth a penny on our thoughts, so <laughs> it's the penny for your thought thing, right? Yes. All right, so this is from Hello Sensible. I don't know what the hell that is, but uh, Chris Phelan wrote this one. It's 10 Ridiculous Expectations of Men in Modern Society that Men Find Offensive. <gasps> men Should Never Show Weakness. This is a uh, expectation of men that uh, that men even find to be ridiculous, and 
Listen, I, this was obviously a big part of all of our lives for a long time that men aren't supposed to cry or show emotions or whatever. But have we all evolved from that? For better or for worse, I've been that way since I was born. You know, I've just, I guess I've always been somewhat of a sensitive person, uh, and watched my grandfather especially grow up as uh, someone I really looked up to. And he was always a sensitive person. So I didn't never really know any different. Obviously, I know the restraint that society puts on men. Right. To act that way but you do have i to wonder where that came from because like you're saying this has always been a thing men have always cried i mean come on sure they just did yeah. it in private dude you know they've they did it in private and to think that well that's why the suicide rate for men is so huge i mean it's an astonishing number the suicide with men has become a phenomenon in the last few years it's a phenomenon that's what i said so uh that's because you want me to just keep all my crap in here and not be able to let it out in one way or another like that's an unrealistic expectation of a human brewski thoughts the big boys well, cry. well of course they do <laughs> right. of course they do it's being confident in yourself just because you are sad and you're sharing that with somebody that you're not showing weakness. You're showing that you're human. Right. That was one of the points of the Barbie movie that maybe one of the reasons masculinity has become toxic is because we all have these notions that it's not okay to cry or to share. And we hold that in and we build animosity and resentment and lash out at the first transgender person you see or whatever it is. Like, you know, maybe masculinity is toxic because of these notions. You're not supposed to act that way. But let's be honest. There are some people that take the whole it's okay to cry thing and they just go way overboard. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean? They, they Men that cry too much? Too much on the oh other side? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is there the, who, where are you seeing that, though? In your personal life, media, what, what are you referring to? Mostly personal life. You know, there's always somebody in your life who's crying about something, and you're like, come on. It really? It's, are you it's talking just, about whining or crying? No, like a little, little crying. Well, hmm. what are they crying about? There's got to be some pain there, right? I suppose. But (laughs) if there must be, (laughs) no, it's it's not that. But I mean, part of handling what comes at you in life is not letting everything overwhelm you. Sure. You don't want to cry at the drop of a hat for no reason. For sure. I understand that. But, you know, like like, there are things that are definitely worth that. Like you lose a a, a parent. Yeah. Um, Ask yourself this question. Why are human beings capable of crying? We don't have biological functions that serve no purpose. So obviously, Mm -hmm. genetically, whether God made us or we evolved, crying has a genetic biological function to it. It's a release on every level. Right. It occurs naturally. You don't have to turn it on. It just happens. So there has to be a health benefit to, to letting it be what it is, right? It's interesting because uh, I don't cry all the time or anything, but if I feel like I need to cry about something, I, I'll do it, right? And I hear a lot of the time, I'll be watching a video or something, and a guy will be like, that was the first time I ever saw my dad cry, or I, hadn't cri- I haven't cried in years. Like, I think that's weird. Yeah. You don't choose to cry. It just right. happens yeah. as a result of your emotions. I mean, I know yeah. some actors can turn it on, but they turn it on by going to emotions that evoke that. Yeah. So interesting, right? Why is the body designed to cry? 
I think it's because it's a release, dude. Yes. I mean, that's come my on. point. Like, it's a good thing. It's a natural thing. And to deny that crying is uh, is not okay would be like denying that peeing is not okay. Like, your body's doing it for a reason. We talked uh, last week just about um, people having emotional maturity and emotional intelligence. And I think that that's the difference, Brewski, of is like, hey, sometimes there's you cry for Hey, I want to release. I'm sad about this. Sure, Sometimes you cry for like, oh, I know if I start crying, she'll probably stay with me. Like you could bring it on and abuse it, right? Just like you can with peeing. Sometimes I just pee way too often for that, <laughs> you know, but, uh, there's a reason to cry. It's mm, a good question. I've seen some videos where peeing is used in an abusive way. I've never seen crying porn. <laughs> Let me cry all over wow. this woman. Oh, I've seen it, dude. I've seen crying. There is crying porn. Like, oh, I don't like this, <laughs> you know, type of there, porn. Mm, there's right. a whole magazine devoted to 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 peeing. Piss drinkers. Hmm. Uh, you subscribe? Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. Are you a sex offender? No, dude. It's if just... you're on that mailing list, you are. I bet. So, yeah, right. <laughs> they have their, their annual their annual Christmas issue. Deck Merry Pissmas with balls of urine. No, Merry Pissmas. <laughs> Merry Pissmas. Right. Published by the FBI to find out who wants to subscribe to it. So yeah, <laughs> make sure to leave pee and cookies for Santa. Not surprisingly, it was that. It's actually published in Germany. Ah, ah. not surprising. You're right. So yeah. dirty. All right. Germans. So do we all agree that's an offensive notion that men should not show weakness? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So all right. So we're agreeing so far. Uh, next one on the list uh, that men should be the provider. Some people seem stuck in the gender roles in the 1950s when men worked in the office or the factory and the women stayed at home. Uh, this belief must change. Let's define provider. All right. If you're talking financial provider, yeah, that's obviously so stupid, dude. Right. Everything that happens in a well-oiled, well-working relationship is providing a life for the two of you. Right. Yes. And having um, two incomes is a phenomenal change of lifestyle, especially nowadays where pay has stayed stagnant, the cost of living has skyrocketed. And I'm talking over decades. Sure. Uh, well, I, I can tell you this. I make far less than my wife does without her financially. Like things would have to change in my life. Right. I would have to get a new job. But with that said, I do have an income and I also take care of 90% of things around the house when it comes to cooking, cleaning, laundry, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, no, you're right. There's more than one way to provide. Sure. And she, you know what? Rachel tells me all the time, as do I. Like, oh, my life is not possible without you and what you're doing. Right. For both, of, you know, you just got to make it equal, dude. Yeah. Everyone's providing. When Hopefully. I got married 20 plus years ago, and I've been divorced four years now, but uh, my former father-in-law was what i would call sort of an old school guy you know a little sexist a little racist yes. like you know that kind of mentality and when we first got married i remember he said to me like well what's going to happen if my daughter ends up making more money than you you'd be okay with that and i was like bring it on please hallelujah <laughs> like a takes pressure off me and b we're supposed to be a team so if she's making more money like yeah like, was I supposed to be upset by that notion, old man? <laughs> like, right. Oh. Now, men should be a provider, I would argue. Sure. Like, I couldn't stomach myself if, if you know, if Dottie starts making huge money, I'm just like, I'm retiring. <laughs> like, no, you got to contribute, obviously, something financially, in addition to what Nick's talking about, of you got to run a household together. But I could never, I mean, unless, I mean, geez, unless she was just Martha Stewart and worth zillions. But even then, I still feel like I would have some job. You want to contribute, dude. 
yeah, I got to have motivation in life and all that. But uh, sure. Yeah, no, two incomes is huge. You're supposed to be a family, a team, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, men should be a provider. They should not be the provider. What do you think, Bruski? This is kind of a bit of a sore subject because mm. when I was with Jen, mm. uh, you guys know, obviously, I was in radio. Jen was in IT. Right. <laughs> so you weren't providing anything. <laughs> I, I, pretty much, yeah. Right. Um, that's, but that's in the, seriousness, though, you had a job. You were working on a career. You were bringing home a paycheck. So. But to her, it wasn't, it wasn't enough. Like, uh-huh. I remember producing the morning show. Seattle would be a top 15 market, I would imagine. 13. Okay, yeah. And to her, I was not making enough money producing the morning show on a sports talk station in uh, Market 13 in Seattle. And she said to me, if you don't get a significant raise, then you either have to get a new job or you have to get a second job because uh-huh. you are not bringing in enough money. She would have been fine with your job if that morning show got picked up in national syndication and you started making millions. I mean, radio is a funny business because there's no middle ground for the most part. You're either making peanuts or you're making good, good money, right? So, yeah. But the offensive thing about all that was is that she didn't care about your goal and your passion in life. Like, I'm doing this for more than just the money. This makes me happy in life and everything else. So, yeah, well, uh, she did she, the same thing with the vocal minority. I remember that she put a lot of pressure on you when we first started the radio show that you weren't making any money. Like, when are you going to quit that? Well, and the other thing, too, was is that she said that when she grew up, her dad was the provider, so to speak, and her mom stayed home, and that she aspired to the same thing where she wanted me to be working, making all the money, and she wanted to stay home and raise the kids. Yeah, Yeah, stop projecting your childhood fantasies. Then I'm not your guy. If my paycheck is what you're coming here for, then I'm not the guy for you. And I did all the other stuff, too, like Nick does. I did all the cooking. I did most of the cleaning i did laundry and none of that was enough now here's the kicker on this the guy she's married to and has kids with now yeah he's a stay-at-home dad with her kids it doesn't really work and she works all the time and has no problem with it she must have got over it somehow i mean you know by necessity probably so yeah Yeah, okay so so we all agree this is uh, an offensive action towards men absolutely yeah uh, moving down the list, 10 ridiculous expectations of men that even men find offensive. This is just kind of dumb, I think. But uh, <laughs> men should be the one to pack the car. <laughs> I know how to pack that trunk better than you. I mean, we were talking a few episodes ago about how men should be given more credit for how we pack groceries and intelligently in the bag. <laughs> yeah. But to say that I have to be the one to pack the car, like, mm, wh- what does that imply? You're not smart enough to pack a car? I say uh, there should only be one cook in that kitchen because you got to play Tetris. So sure. don't step yeah. on my game here. I'm trying to do that. But I would never look at a woman and be like, you can't pack the trunk. <laughs> Listen, this is what I'm going to say, okay? Because I'm a great packer. I, I pack with thought, with skill, uh, <laughs> with intention, does. right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Rachel is the worst packer I've ever met in my entire <laughs> life. When we go on vacation, dude, uh, it's stressful for me. <laughs> to get ready to leave because I launder my clothes. I fold them up so they won't get wrinkled in the case. Like I take my time with everything. Rachel, I'm like, when are you going to pack? Like 10 minutes before we leave for the <laughs> airport. She'll just literally wad stuff up and throw it in her suitcase and zip it up. I'm just like, I'd prefer if I packed for you. And, uh, I mean, you could do it. She's smart enough to do it. She may be smarter than me. She's done quick. 
you know, right. but there's a huge difference between the toxic masculinity that would go along with. I'm the only one that can pack the trunk and right. just practical application of you don't know how to pack a trunk. So I'm just going to go ahead and do this. So it all fits. I do have to tell you, boys, that I have struggled in my relationship with this very thing, not packing, but like thinking that I'm the only one that can do this. Right. It kind of um, sounds my, like it, though, in your relationship. That's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, me. Yeah, I appreciate that sentiment. But maybe, like, I grew up watching my dad do that. Like, I'm the only one who knows how to do this. Get out of the way. <laughs> it's like, uh, you're the only one that can flush a toilet? Like, I can do it, dude. Just let me try. Right. But I inherited that from my father. I'll catch myself all the time telling, you know, Rachel will jump up and sweep something and I'll jump up and say, like, give me that broom. I'll, I'll do it for you <laughs> because I want to control the situation. Yeah. Well, I, but, but if you know somebody is really bad at something like I, I love my sister, but my sister is the worst when it comes to washing dishes. Like she right. just gets them done as quickly as possible. Yes. And and it drives me crazy when I reach for a bowl and my hand is in the bowl and I can feel old cereal still stuck to the inside of the bowl. Yes. You want to wash your dishes. I exactly. get that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Burr's got a great bit about how in every relationship, there's someone that washes the dishes and someone that lets them soak and waits for you to wash the dishes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe I dynamic. need to work on my uh, toxic uh, masculinity. That's what I got to work on. I just have this default of... Just I'll, I'll I'll do it because I just want to help. I just want to get things done. Like you don't need to do the burden of hauling luggage and shit. Let me go. Just do it. Like you don't know, don't know though that if you do it, that it's gonna be <laughs> that it's gonna be done right. Oh no! I mean, yes, it'll be done right because I'm doing it. And, you know, <laughs> but yes. that doesn't mean that someone, <laughs> that does not mean that someone else can't do it right. If Dottie said, "Let me go pack the trunk," I can do it. I'd say, "Fine, go ahead." Like I don't care. But yeah. I'm just going to step up for it. It's a pain in the butt. Let me haul over the island. I'll get it in there. Yeah, it'll get done. It'll get done right. Like, And like I said, you can't both play Tetris. You know, yeah. One person's yeah. got to be the quarterback there, and I'm usually just willing <laughs> to step up and do it. But I'm trying to learn from you, dude, because I'm honestly very bad at it. And now I'm starting to be able to see when I do it and acknowledge it and step back. But I've done it for a long time, and I still do it, to be honest with you. Right. I would say I'm offended not over the notion that men have to pack the car, but over the notion that a woman could or your gay partner couldn't or whatever like someone yeah. else can do it like i if i do it it'll be done right by my standards the trunk will close it all fit in there could you have done it differently or better of course like that's fine i mean that's maybe rachel I'm... couldn't based on what you're saying but yeah but i always tell her like you do law way better than i do like we all have <laughs> you know we all have our ups and exactly. our peaks and valleys so. our strengths and weaknesses that's um, right you go p keep people out of jail and i'll <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, I'm, I am a little offended by the notion. So, All right. Uh, next one on the list, masculinity being discussed negatively. Now, this is what we were just talking about. Wherever you look online, you'll inevitably encounter the phrase toxic masculinity. More than one man has gone on record saying that the term has become a catch-all for masculinity in general. And I believe uh, on this episode that that's what I brought up, that, yeah, some masculinity is definitely toxic, but it's not all. Some of it is necessary, and we've dubbed it a masculine thing to go kill a deer or whatever, but it doesn't mean a woman can't do it. Yeah. Uh, no, not all masculinity is toxic, and that is kind of offensive. I mean, you've got to think about it long enough uh, to have realize there's some nuance there, right? That's all. Yes. I mean, it's very real, and sometimes it's very negative, but there's some nuance there that you should look at. Yeah. 
And, you know, when something goes bump in the night and your woman tells you to go look at it, like all of a sudden masculinity comes in handy. (laughs) (laughs) Do I want to be the first one to get shot? No. But am I going to take care of it? I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little disingenuous. Like I can do anything until I need a shelf hung and then I need you to go. (laughs) So sometimes masculinity comes in handy. Like that's real funny. So, yeah, I find it offensive that all masculinity is negative. That would be like saying all feminism is negative or or all feminism is positive. Like, AIDS are great, people. All right, next thing on the list, uh, again, this is uh, ridiculous expectations of men in modern society that even men are offended by. Men should be promiscuous. One norm that needs to go away immediately is the notion that single men must constantly engage in sexual encounters. Mm. Well, I mean, constantly is a relative term, right? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, well, that's the thing. If you want to, you should do it. If you don't want to, then, hey, I don't want to hear about it, that I'm not a man if I'm just not banging away. Right. This notion that, uh, yeah, somehow masculine equals more notches on the bedpost. I've argued right. for years. I've said it on the radio back in the days and on this show that I'm into quantity, not quality. I said that backwards. I'm into quality, not quantity. <laughs> yeah, that's I right. want to get with one woman and bang her a million times. I don't want to bang a million women one time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, want, I want quality interaction. So it's not like you're out on the street, freaking cat calling women to get them to sleep with you. Come over here, baby. Bring that sweet ass over here. Wow, maybe you always go to the New York thing. Why? Well, there's something about New Yorkers I feel embodies toxic masculinity. It's a stereotype. And I should come over here, baby. Bring that sweet ass over here. Is that me? (laughs) Yes. Man, I do a good New Yorker. (laughs) But uh, I am offended by the notion that banging away equals, uh, you know, masculinity. I'm actually not happy where my numbers gotten to in life. I was always happy being in the single digits, and now I've hit the double digits. And I didn't mean to, but, you know, I got divorced. and Right. around a little i was trying to find something i could you know do over and over and do you keep your number up to date you know your number if someone asked you your number you'd just say it i gotta run back through it but it's 11 or 12 it's yeah. somewhere oh there. wow i can do the list if you'd like but uh no i don't need the list uh brewski what well, are you higher or lower than that higher. uh um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> By a lot. Just based on his stories, I could tell you it's got. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. How, how high do you know your number? Do you have a guesstimate even? By the guess? Uh, you know, it's high when they have to guess <laughs> that they lost count. Right. No, probably, probably at least over 30. Okay. okay. I would hope my number would lead me to a journeyman sexer. You know, like uh, if we're going to look at it as we do in the working field, I'm a journeyman. I'm a, I'm a journeyman carpenter or a journeyman sexer. What does that mean? I don't know what a journeyman is. Uh, well, journeyman just means like they've got experience. They know what they're doing. They may not be an expert on the situation, but like they, they could do the job. You'd feel good about about Steve Perry or something. (laughs) No, 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 no. I I will, I I will say this on on my part of things. Yeah. I would, I would have liked for things to be spread out a little bit more. Yeah, because legs or uh, uh, numbers. <laughs> what are we listen, talking about? Listen, I'm coming up in September to 10 years of being single. Mm, yeah. There really hasn't been a lot going on. You've I had mean, a lot of peaks and valleys. You want to even things out a little. Uh, yeah, exactly. That makes exactly. sense. When Jen and I first broke up, I had women like you wouldn't believe coming over all the time. Yeah, yeah, you were in your horny Steve phase. Like I would walk into a bar and all of a sudden, you know, I would start. 
attracting women to talking to me. Clothes would just start falling off. No, <laughs> at least they're talking to me and let, you know, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, no, I get it, dude. For now, sure. Now I can't even get people to like me on Tinder. <laughs> 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 you can't what is going on with you brewski what message no. are you putting off and, and and i and i reworked my pictures i've shortened my bio like maybe tinder is not the right app maybe try no, 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 he's trying I, everything not no, even I've, tinder is working it, that's exactly the point no, I so I, i'm on uh, another one on okcupid and they suckered me in a few times to say, <laughs> hey, why don't you see who likes you? And then I spend 50 bucks for a membership. <laughs> and I look at the 15 yeah. people that like me are all either in Kenya or the Philippines, <laughs> <laughs> which, which, basically, which basically means they don't care what I look like. They just want to get into the States. Right. I'm sorry, dude. This is, I mean, this is funny. This is, this could oh, be yeah, a stage act. It's hilarious. Listen, I want. Steve, now that he went through everything with the dating coach, like Steve needs to go over closely your profile picture. <laughs> I mean, it's time to get you up on the next level because it's got to be the way it's presented. Maybe we should do like pick one app or something. Let's try like find a wife profile kind of thing. Like, oh, and see if it makes any difference. I don't mean you literally need to get married. Yeah, I, I just know. mean, you need to put a serious, you know, I'm looking for a relationship foot forward kind of thing. Oh, E-harmony. I just, I just, you know what it is too is I'm one of these people that I refuse to use the cliches that people put out there. Sure. Well, I, I, have them. I want just to, need complete, to be sincere. I need, Bruschi, you know? I need to be completed. Oh, I, I need my other half. You sure. Know, all that. Yeah, I, I think you can stay to your original self. I just think I need some reworking. Well, what's the harm? Let's try it. Uh, yeah. anyway, not working. anyway I, I, I just thought you guys would, would, would like that. I would like for things to be a little more consistent, like Steve said. <laughs> I need you guys to be silent for I'm going to try and count my number and I just can't with us talking and me listening. So just silence for one second. It won't take the long. Jeopardy theme. Huh? No, <laughs> no, I need silence, dude. I'm just going to go through these. <laughs> Come on. Can't you announce them? I'm going to, dude. I'm trying to. I, I go, honestly go don't think about it that often. Oh, go through my list of who yeah. I. Okay. Uh, the first. Well, this is an interesting fact, dude. The first girl that I had sex with is now dead, which is creepy to me. So you're admitting to stabbing her. No. Oh, Captain Stabbing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> that was my what first. A, what a scholar. Okay. All right. Give me at least first names then. Jenny. Okay. One. Keep going. Uh, number two, her name was Jamie. Okay. Number three, her name was Allie. And, uh, we were probably together for like a little over two years. Okay. Uh, Heather with her for 13 years. Okay. Okay. Wow. And then Rachel. So five, five total. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I'm a journeyman, dude. I told you, I just, I haven't had a sex with a ton of people. Interesting. But you did, you started on the younger side. So you're, uh, you're, yeah, amazement a little spread out here. So, so yeah. many of them were committed. You know, Heather was 13 right. years and now I've been with Rachel for almost 15 years. I thought you were going to say she was 13. <laughs> That's no, <laughs> Heather no. was 13 when we started. So, you know, yeah. So, yeah, no, right. I, I got a lower number, dude. All right. So we got five, 11 or 12 and 30 something. So this is quite yeah. a we're representing here. There uh, go. None of us are in the, you know, 50 plus or hundreds or anything else that would go along with this assertion that masculinity means high numbers. So, right. I think we're all offended at the notion. 
Yeah. Next one on the list. And again, this is uh, ridiculous expectations of men in modern society that men are offended by. Uh, the notion that men should not change diapers. Invented oh, by men, of course. That's yes. stupid. If you're a father and your partner lives with you and you don't change diapers, shame on you. Yeah, you're just a jerk at that point. I understand you may not be able to breastfeed, but yeah, you should be changing diapers. I mean, I, I've changed diapers for like my cousins and stuff like that when they were babies. Well, that's yeah. good on you. I would honestly argue if you're not the dad, you're under zero obligation to be changing diapers. Steve, have you ever encountered one of those times where one of the kids just unloaded and like you were like struggling to, to complete the task? I have cleaned uh, poop up someone's back. Like all the way up their spinal cord, oh my all God. the way down legs. I mean, some of that stuff goes everywhere uh, based on the explosiveness or ailments or whatever else. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I mean, it's if you open it up and there's only a few little rabbit pellets in there, then that's your lucky day. Uh, but it's normally a mess. But no, I've had some ones that are epic, you know. <laughs> Any kid who comes and stays with me, <laughs> you know, I give them uh, medicine to harden their stool Uh-oh. as soon as they get there. Dude, I mean, that's just the smart Uncle, thing. To- Uncle Nicky doesn't like the soft serve. Right. No, I don't think anyone likes the soft serve. But yeah, no, I've changed a little soft serve in my life. <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, I'm offended over the notion that men shouldn't change diapers. That's preposterous. Uh, let's see. All confident men are bros. That if you're a confident guy, you got to be one of the bro types. Whether it's crypto bro or financial bro or whatever it is, or just a broski altogether. Why would confidence equal toxic masculinity, broness? Professor. <laughs> well, I guess it did. That's how it happened in the Barbie movie, right? Like Ken saw all these bros hanging out and he got real confident. I think and- I think what they're talking about is they're talking about that stereotypical bro who, you know, who is like drinking beer and you know headbutt headbutting the other dudes and yes, you yeah. know. But that's that's usually college guys. Yeah, it says uh, somewhere along the way society decided that confidence indicates narcissism and aggressiveness. Uh, or at least an acute interest in cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Do we think that there is a, a global bro code? That's the yes. question. Yes. You do? Yes. Oh, you there's do. a bro okay. code out there for sure. But-, uh, but within your friendship group or with every man in the world? Uh, I guess I you have to give me a better example. Both. But, uh, really? Yeah, I mean, there's general etiquette towards other dudes out there, but the the rules become a little more stringent the closer you are to that other guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. We've talked about before, like, should I be banging your ex-girlfriend? Probably not, but every girl is somebody's ex-girlfriend, essentially, so you can't just put that universally. I can. Case specific, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I suppose. But, yeah, that's a good question to think about. I mean, I don't know that I have... Every well, I don't have Donald Trump's back. He's a you know, I guess he's a boy, you know, no, so but, not bro code, right? But but that's the thing is, is that you don't have a bro code with people you don't respect. Fair enough. That's a good way to distinguish who you're going to have bro code with and who you will not. I don't owe some guy I don't like or don't respect to keep his secrets. Or now, if, if we're friends, or mm. say I, I I respect you, then yeah. I would definitely do that. All right. That's fair enough. I like that. 
Now, there's exceptions to all the rules, but I don't know. Moving on here, the next one on this list, ridiculous expectations of men. I don't get this one. Men should be teased for having close male friends. Who came up with that one? Yeah. (laughs) When did it become feminine or whatever to have guy friends? Isn't that the premise of life? (laughs) We all have friends. Read the line again. Was there some nuance there as far as... Friend, uh, what type of friend? teased for having uh, male close friends, citing numerous examples in movies to try to explain how this has been deemed normal. Uh, <laughs> many men decry that they often receive jokes about their sexuality if they dare to have close friends who are also men. Well, you're hanging out with some real homophobes if you're not allowed to have guy friends. Yeah, that's just <laughs> weird, dude. If you're a guy and you have a friend, you're not allowed to care for him is basically what it means. So how good of friends are you? You just want to talk to the neighbor. I'm the guy who runs into Phil on Saturdays. Right. Is Are all men toxically masculine or are all men gay hanging out with you? I mean, we can't have it both ways. Like, <laughs> Right. You know, there's got to be a, a meet in the middle on that. Yeah. I, I've never, I don't even know that I've really ever heard that notion of like, oh, you got a bunch of guy friends? That's weird. No. <laughs> well, do. I have a couple of friends that people make jokes about them all the time as being in a relationship sort of thing. And th- these guys are like a little too comfortable, like being naked around each other. <laughs> if they're at all comfortable with that, it's a little too comfortable. Yeah. That's not having a good guy friend. That's having some sort of relationship. No, it's, 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 these are guys that are heavy drinkers. And I guess in, in the past, there's been times where like one guy's drunk, passed out naked in a bathtub. And the other guy walked into the bathroom to take a leak the next morning, and it didn't bother him that his buddy was passed out, drunk, naked in a bathtub. Uh, well, there's guys comfortable enough to do DP, and maybe that's one step over the line, sweet Jesus, you know? Yeah. 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 That's a fair point, actually. So, All right. Interesting. The next one on the list, uh, gay men are less masculine. Speaking of homosexuality, countless gay men constantly fight back against the societal norm that they are somehow less masculine than their heterosexual counterparts. I mean, I mean, this is based on old tropes and stereotypes. Well, There's plenty of gay athletes and bodybuilders and dude, gay men that would beat the living snot out of the average guy. But I sometimes hear gay dudes in the car when I'm driving Uber and that sort of thing, and they'll, they'll say, oh, he's really butch. Yeah. And to me, it's just like, just say he's a dude. He's a guy, right. you know, the, the, right. the, he's just, he's just really butch. Yeah. That's just like, you got something on. there, Bruce. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is, uh, that's not the greatest thing to say. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on, let's be honest. I mean, well, if we're really going to go over it, you think Hitler didn't kill a bunch of people? I mean, he was gay. Was he? he yeah. I mean, that's uh, was his total gay. beard. Total yeah, beard. total beard. I mean, it's all been talked about that that's he like, was gay, and that's why he killed himself, supposedly. Right? It's, it's like, it's like Josh I think we can him. That's fine. Like Josh Hawley and Tom Cotton, both of them with their beards. Uh, yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. yeah. Listen, there's plenty of heterosexual men that are completely on the more feminine side of things, too. I mean, it's... It, sure. it, uh, it offends me that guys have to be masculine, quote unquote, well, that we already have covered that. And so but, it would be the same for gay men, that the, none of them could possibly be masculine or tough. I just always take issue with guys who go overboard on like to be a man, you have to be X, Y and Z. Like, like with Josh Hawley and his book on masculinity, like yeah. he's a little overcompensating. This Don't is say- another notion of the Barbie movie that we all need to be comfortable in who we are. 
that it's masculine to be comfortable with yourself. It's okay to be feminine and be care. You know, like there are positive attributes to those things. My point being is that he's hiding the fact that he actually is gay by saying that how masculine and he is and what sure. a man he is. You, you yeah. know what I mean? I don't know what the struggles like of uh, being gay and not feeling comfortable in the world you surrounded yourself with, especially of uh, what it's like to come out. So, um, doesn't seem to me as an outsider like that would be the right way to go about it because it hurts people. But, uh, you know, who knows, dude? I, I, I can't imagine how hard it would be. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's flip the, the other side here. These are female characteristics that even devoted men find hard to stomach. So let's, uh, let's flip through a few of these. Do you feel that women like to hog public space? Hogging space in public. A few weeks ago, I sat on the train and this gorgeous woman sat opposite me. Two stops later, a lot of people got off the train and she made a point to put a purse next to her occupying the seat. I immediately was turned off by this woman. Hmm. Now, is that an arrogant woman thing or she knows men are going to come and harass her and hit on her and she's just trying to, like Nick said, he sits in a hot tub and he puts a extra pair of swim trunks next to him to create a space <laughs> bubble around him of, you must think I'm naked now that I put the trunks there, so give me a little well, space. Like Rachel likes to have her space. I would never think that she's a hog. I, she just doesn't want anyone right up against her, man or woman. Like, give me my personal bubble here and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I would say that women have been somewhat conditioned to be afraid of men in public. It's another great line in the Barbie movie. When she comes to the real world, she's looking at all the men staring at her all of a sudden. And she's like, I feel threatened. I don't know why, but I feel threatened right now. Yeah. If you are looking at you different. (laughs) Yeah. They're staring holes through you. And if you've lived your whole life that way, constantly being oogled by men, like I don't think it's women's fault for wanting to have a little personal space bubble around it. That's not their ego or arrogance that's they've been conditioned that sure i i got an article here that relates to this uh that women are starting to wear quote subway shirts on the the public transportation these are loose fitting baggy shirts because they feel that it will decrease harassment while they're in a confined space on a subway or train or whatever it is it's a fairly sad commentary on uh, where we're at right i've ridden the t a fair amount here in boston and I can tell you that it's been very rare that I've actually witnessed a woman being harassed. In my experience, it's not the regular occurrence that some might say it is. Think about this, though. You've told a story on this show about being harassed by a woman at work, and that happened to you one time, and that has stuck with you for all these years. So even if it only happens to a woman once every six months, once a year, you could see how that would wear on someone. I get it, but don't make it seem like it's happening to you every single day, five times a day. But once a year is enough. Like if a woman's saying, I'm just going to dress baggy because I I experienced it last year or 10 years ago, and it was traumatizing. I don't want to do it. Like I, I see where they're coming from. 100%. You know, I experienced recently, um, Dottie and I were out at a concert and she brought two of her uh, female nurse friends and they were both attractive women. And when we were out on the general admission floor, I was blown away. You know, Dottie was with me and put out that vibe like this is my guy. No guy approached her, talked to her, anything. But her two friends... All night long, guys were coming up. Hey, how's it going? I ate your beer. This is your favorite band. Like, they were just hit on constantly. I can't Ooh, imagine. Come over that. here, baby. <laughs> Bring that sweet ass over here. Right. But, I can imagine but, that wouldn't make you paranoid. Sure. 
but at the same time, though, isn't that someplace where you would want to be able to approach someone that you find attractive and you might share uh, a common interest with like, at a band? I mean, I'm not saying like if you want that, if it's an unwanted advance happening repeatedly, guy after guy after guy, I would see building up a paranoia where you want a little space bubble around you. This is what we need. Have you ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? No, they bring meat to you on a skewer and they just go table to table. And if you would like to have meat, you have a a green paddle. <laughs> if you are full for right now, you have a red paddle. OK, that's what women need. Like I'm out and about. If I got my green paddle up, <laughs> you can come and hit on me. I'm looking to meet somebody. Hmm. But maybe I am single and I have my red paddle up today. I just want to hang with the girls. Isn't that what the rings for? You know? I suppose, but not everyone wears or respects the ring. I'm just saying, like, Dottie had a protection bubble because I was with her. Right. Uh, the ring sends a similar message. Some people may ignore it or whatever, but, uh, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, Nick. Like, it would be nice if there was a clearer signal. Very true. All right. Next thing on the list, female characteristics that even devoted men find hard to stomach. Manipulative behavior, manipulation and game playing in relationships are serious red flags. Uh, these behaviors can be harmful and destructive to trust and open communication. Uh, I, this is kind of implying that women just have a manipulative <laughs> nature about them. They some do. Of, I'd say some do, but do all of them? Most of them. Interesting. I mean, there are some good ones. I think most men have it as well. You know what I mean? I think most people are out for themselves. And, okay. and you know what you're I mean? You're making a comment on humanity then, and that's more fair. So Yeah, yeah but, but let's not make it seem like women aren't as manipulative as men can be. You know what I mean? Yeah. All people are manipulative on some level. The next one here is women blaming others. Now, I got to tell you, I definitely have been with some women who will not accept blame for anything, and everything is always someone else's fault, and <laughs> it's usually yours. Um, so, yeah, that's a highly obnoxious behavior, but not all women I've been with are like that. But the ones that are like it, it is toxic beyond toxic. Oh, yeah. Uh, haven't we let them there as a society, you know, of just being like, a, you know, you always see like the old guys on TV be like, you know, happy wife, happy wife. Like, just say you're sorry and say yes, dear. Oof, that's a good one right there, Nick. I'll tell you, my high school commencement speech, the guy that gave the speech said, my dad gave me words of wisdom as to how to, you know, live a happy life. And that is to always say yes, dear. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'll tell you, women hate hearing that. But some of the toxic women I've been with that blame you for everything. I told a woman once, like, I'm just going to say yes, dear, from now on, like happy wife, happy life. I'm just going to give you what you want. And she was utterly offended by that notion that, oh, now you're just going to default to me all the time. Like, well, you <laughs> right. beat the crap out of me at every turn. So this is yeah. what you put me to of just it's not even worth it. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. It's fine. Yeah. If I say anything back, I know this is a fight for nine hours. If I just say, OK. I know we're done, you know, <laughs> like uh, you beat the hell out of me emotionally. That's OK. Right. And I had to take the term yes, dear, out of my vocabulary. I had to start saying it, it differently because I knew as soon as I said yes, dear, that she would just go off on me. <laughs> but I found different ways to just step out of the fight. Like, nope, you're right. I didn't I like just because, yeah, there are some women where that's the only way to go. And those are bad women. You should get the hell away from them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's see what's next here. Uh, screaming during disagreements. Are all women screamers? Uh, if you're doing things right, they are. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> well, we're talking about something else now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I figured you'd like that one, Harness. Yes. Horny Harness has loved it. 
What do you guys think? Are women screaming at you? Is that all women? Is it certain women? Is that par for the course? What do you think? Hasn't been all women in my life. I've met people and been around people that scream and those who do not. Brewski, what do you think? I've had my fair share of screamers and one in particular that not only like to scream, but physically assault me and tell me that, you know, because her brother was a cop in a neighboring town that if I dare to even defend myself, that they'd be held to pay. Right. Right. Yeah. Those threats and abuse. Yeah. Everyone can experience it. Yeah. I got myself conditioned into assuming that that's just how everyone fights is yelling and screaming. Jamie was an alpha dog. And when she and I would fight, yeah, there was, we were, neither of us would back down. And there was a lot of, you know, screaming and yelling and stuff. No, no, like physical violence or anything, obviously. But yeah, like there was a lot of aggressive fighting going on. Right. Um, when I got out of my marriage, the next relationship in, the first time I had a fight with her, uh, the crazy woman on the North Shore, she started yelling and screaming at me. And I said, you know what? Tap out. I just did yeah. 17 years of this. I'm not doing it again. Goodbye. <laughs> Here's and I my left. submission. <laughs> right. But then the next serious relationship I got into with the Hindenburg, it was the same thing. And it was at that moment that I thought to myself, I guess this is just how women fight. Like, this is what arguing is. I should always expect to be treated this way. And that's a big part of why I put up with that relationship for so long. Because the yelling and screaming, it was what my marriage was. It was what the other dating was. Like, I just came to a place where I just thought that that's how women treated men. Danger. And I've, Danger. I've come to realize, Danger. yeah, that that is not true. And that is a giant red flag. Doesn't mean you can't ever lose your temper and scream. But if that's your default, just right to berating and screaming and all that, that is toxic. That is a red flag. You do not deserve to be treated that way, guys. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, and no one does. Why are we fighting and screaming at each other? Like once in a while is natural. Can't be the rule. Can't be the yes. rule. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I somehow convinced myself that this is a, uh, female characteristic (laughs) and just that's what it is so how do you feel about it now are you recovered have you made recovery well i'm in a little disbelief like i i wonder if uh you know if i'm if it's true like you know Dottie and i've been together uh seven months now and we have had our first fight you know it got intense but no one ever yelled and screamed at each other i mean voices got raised or whatnot but she never berated me and screamed at me as every other woman i've ever been in a real relationship with has so yeah you know is the other shoe to drop or is is she in a healthier place i mean my current answer is she's in a healthier place and Right. It takes two to tango and some it's like two chemicals. You know, you put some chemicals together, you cure cancer. <laughs> you put some right. chemicals together and the broom blows up like, yeah, you know, so you got to figure out the right mixture. But the default should not be just yelling and screaming or thinking that that's what it is or that that's what you deserve. I think sure. it also uh, comes from the way you grew up sometimes. You know what I mean? What you watch your parents do. Absolutely. Yeah, so and my parents yelled and screamed during their divorce, so that's probably a big part of it. Uh, how about this? A female characteristic, uh, flirting with everyone, flirting with every guy. If you're trying to make me jealous uh, or think that you can have any guy at any time, congrats, it works, I'm out. Uh, you know, trust and loyalty in a relationship. I, I don't know that I've been with a woman who's just always flirty. I've seen them do it to their advantage sometimes, and sometimes I encourage it. Like, get a snap parking <laughs> spot. You know, like. <laughs> Squeeze your arms together. Right. But, yeah, have you ever been with women that are just constantly flirty? I would say in my youth, if you're with a woman who's constantly flirty at our age or even into your 30s, like, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not a serious relationship. Yeah. 
It's a shortcoming in women. I can remember literally being in, I want to say it was the fifth grade, and this new girl moved to, to our school from Florida, and she was gorgeous. And we were out on line at the recess, and she was going up to men in line to get on the slide and be like, is it okay if I get in front of you? You're such a big, strong man. Like, you can wait. You know, and I, I remember she did that to me, and I was like, no, get in line. Like, <laughs> not just batting your eyes at me and thinking you can get your way. You weren't going to put up with it, dude. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let me throw two more out at you. Female characteristics that even devoted men find hard to stomach. This is a tricky one, especially the later we are into life and the more history we have under our belts. But constantly talking about an ex. Listen, if you're doing it constantly, there's something obviously wrong. But if you bring up an ex once in a while, especially at our age where we've had all this life experience, like, I mean, I think that's kind of normal. Yeah. Yeah, it depends the context. There's a lot of times conversationally things come up where I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I had an ex do that thing or whatever it is. And I've tried to become very conscious about bringing up exes because, yeah. you know, not every current person wants to hear about that stuff. But you also can't deny that you had a past and experience, especially into the stage yeah. of life that we're all in. So that's that's a bit of a minefield. Like, I don't think it's inappropriate to talk about exes, but you got to be careful about what stories you're telling. You know, yes. I've heard some stories. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, we were out at this thing and he said this or that. And I'm like, that's going to be a story about me one of these days. You know, oh, right. harness was always this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it, it makes me a little paranoid or a little self-conscious. But there's also talking about triggers, you know, that exes did where yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because now I'm conscious that that's a trigger you have. But right. you don't want to be talking about exes all the time by any means. But you also shouldn't be in denial that you had a past. Exactly. All right. The last one on the list is entitlement. Uh, entitlement or the belief that one inherently deserves privileges or special treatment can be unattractive. Comes off as self-centered and lacking in empathy and respect for others. I think this goes to what I was talking about, hot girls that always want to get their way. Like, that's <laughs> you can date a hot girl, but she shouldn't feel that she's entitled to things because she is hot. Yeah. Even if there are situational times, it comes to everyone's advantage. But, yeah, that's more of a red flag than a common female characteristic, if you ask me. Yeah, it's more of a thing about humanity. I mean, I see both sexes doing this, and it's, you know, not a good thing when either of them do it. So, yeah. All right. Well, did we inform everyone about male and female characteristics, about what to avoid and what may actually be okay? Yeah. It's been a good discussion, dude. Uh, well, uh, we should all talk about this once in a while, right? Yeah. yeah. So I feel this has been a good discussion. There is some right. that is accurate and should be avoided and some that's a societal myth that is okay. Providing a, a valuable public service, the vocal minority. <laughs> that's right. Yes. We are vocal minority. So there you go. All right. The vocal minority.net, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and something called X. <laughs> <laughs> and we say bye bye. Test one, two, test one, two. Stop. I